0: Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you.
1: Well, this morning, just as you start to make your way back in... We have been chatting a little bit about moving forward in 2017 and I don't know how many of you have um, maybe made a new year's resolution and then uh, whether it's still continued on or not. They were saying that this year is incredibly actually challenging for some that normally in January um, they were measuring the actual number of daylight hours and so in southwestern Ontario um, the number of, of daylight hours is the lowest on record that they've ever had uh, with, su- I shouldn't say daylight hours, sunlight, uh, as it's been kind of overcast the whole time, and, and it like pulls kind of people down a little bit, but actually to speak life and say, okay, what are you, what's, what's ahead? We talked about this idea of Psalm 121, about getting your eyes out of the valley and looking and saying, okay, God, what do you have? Even the great apostle Paul, he wrote and he said, not that I've already obtained all this or been made perfect, but I press on. I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. That none of us have arrived. That as we enter into 2017, we can't say, okay, I've got it all figured out. I've, you know, I've got my life figured out. I'm I'm just... Um, I've arrived. Not any one of us could actually get to that spot. How do we move forward into what God would have for us? Well, we always get you talking a little bit at your tables just to get you connecting. Here's what I want you to do. Name according to, um, I think it was like um, popsugar.com, so a really (laughs) very reliable website. Um, Name the top things that get changed regularly at your household. Talk with the people around you. Go. Top things that get changed, we'll give you another 15 seconds, 20 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 Time's up, okay, see how you did on our little quiz this morning, okay. Number 10, light bulbs Let's change. Uh, number nine, decorations. So some of you have a constant need to redecorate and change. Uh, number eight, this is the thing that doesn't get changed very often by anyone else but me, I feel like, the toilet paper roll uh, in the household. OK, Carla might not agree with me. Um, Number seven, air fresheners and put the glue plugins. Number six, change your paint in the house and so repainting all the time. Number five, your clothes. I guess that's part of your household things. Number four, uh, filters, water filter, furnace filter, those kind of things. Uh, number three, um, cleaning items, kitchen sponge or toilet brush. Those should get replaced often. Number two, hopefully you replace your toothbrush often. And number one, batteries, your remote or your fire alarm. Okay, see how you did it? How many people got at least four things? 5, anyone get 5? 6. Give a hand to 7, 8. Look at that. An agent of change at the back is Trevor, right back there. So, we're talking this morning about change. Now, those are routine, regular kind of maintenancey things. And those things, you know, now I didn't see on the list. It was clearly an American list because they didn't have milk bag on there. And so if you're like my household, they wait until there's a half a milliliter of milk left in there. And, oh, it wasn't empty, Dad. You know what I mean? And so uh, changing that milk bag uh, is a challenge, you know. But there's the maintenance irregular kind of things. But then in life, there's those things that are the big and the more challenging areas to change in life. And to transition, here's what I want you to talk about just before we look into God's Word. What's what's some big courageous changes that you've made in life? And how did you go about, like, making those? Go ahead. Courageous change, it's uh, one of those things that um, many people say, oh, I love change, I love change, until it affects them personally, until it's a moment. I think of Matt and Erica you know, the difference from tonight when they go to bed till the next time they get into bed, it will be a very, very big difference between Canada and North Africa. That's a major change. That's a major change as you move forward with what God has called them to, to do. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me um, to the book of First Kings chapter 19. And we read this story about, uh, I, I think it's one of the, most remarkable moments of like change and following after what God has uh, written in scripture. And so just to give you the idea of what's going on. So there's a prophet by the name of Elijah and Elijah has been faithful to God and used by God in incredible ways. The nation has been in turmoil. There's this evil king by the name of Ahab and his wife Jezebel. We actually looked at them in the fall this year and and this idea of of Ahab and Jezebel. And, And Elijah was this guy. We actually spoke about it in the about waiting on God. God had said, there's going to be a famine in the land. And there was for like over three and a half years. And we see this moment of, of desolation and challenge. And then we get to a spot where God said, okay, I'm going to bring rain and I'm going to. And so Elijah was there praying and, and praying and he went out to see and there was a little, it wasn't anything seven times. And then finally this little tiny cloud and, and, and God ushered in this kind of new season. And then after that, Elijah goes through some challenges. In fact, he goes through a little bit of a season of depression, if you will. And and God brings him through into the spot of, okay, now it's time to pass the baton we pick this story up where Elijah, who's been used by God in incredible ways, absolute amazing miracles, where God has, he's seen God's hand. And then it comes to this spot in verse 19. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. Now, I don't know why God chooses to use Elijah and Elisha. It's just to mess me up uh, on the two all the time. But it says he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair. So to put it in today's context, he was like a big deal farmer. This was to have 12 yoke of oxen would be, you know, when you see those pictures across the prairies of like all the combines going together, this is that kind of, this is like big deal farming in this day and age. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever plowed before. It's not exactly easy work. Now, this shows my redneck uh, roots here a little bit. My dad's here too. So uh, my family, my extended family, we used to do on Thanksgiving, we had a family plowing match. Now, if that doesn't say like, hey, redneck, I don't know what does, but it was great. And so we'd come together and we had like the giant tractor, you know, the big articulating super tractor with the big uh, massive plow. And then they'd have like the medium size and then uh, some of The older tractors, and then all the way down to the one furrow walking plow. Now we didn't have a horse, uh, but we we just pulled it with a tractor. But even still, like if you've ever done that, that is like hard work. And here he is settling out for the hard thing. Now, uh, put this in context. There's been famine in the land for years. They've been unable to plow for years. There's been no, there's been no crop, there's been no harvest, there's been nothing coming in to even save these 12-pair of oxen throughout this. Most of the people had had slaughtered their their, their oxen and eaten them because there was no water t- or no food to feed the animals, and they needed sustenance. And so this was an amazing thing that even these existed. But here he goes, and he's got this 12-pair of oxen, and he's doing what God's called him to do at that moment. He's setting out and he's working hard, and here comes a Elijah. Now, everyone would have known who Elijah was. He was the most wanted man in Israel for a moment because Ahab felt that he was holding the rain back. And to a farmer, they'd really know who this guy is. And it comes here and it says that they put on him. And verse, um, in verse, eight, or verse 20, Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Now, to you and I, this doesn't mean a whole lot. This is a special garment, this mantle, if you will, they would call it. But it signified the presence or the authority. And for him, he knew immediately he was saying, You're going to be my successor. And Elijah, as he uh, threw this over him, Elisha, uh, he just, wow, this is overwhelming to him. And, and so he said, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and I'll come back. And he said, what have I done? And, and, and so he went back, listen to this, verse 21. And he took his yoke of ox and he slaughtered them and he burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and he gave it to the people. In other words, he's all in. There's no moving back. This is, this is a challenging uh, moment. And then he set out, listen to this, he set out to become Elijah's attendant. This guy who'd been leading, you know, big business farming, this guy who was kind of in charge of many and kind of the boss of many, he, he says, I'm going to become his attendant. Wow. An amazing switch of gears, an amazing change. How do we navigate change like this in our lives? Listen to a few verses. I'm going to give them to you real quick this morning. 1 Kings 22, 5 says this, but before you do anything, before you do anything at all, ask God for guidance. Ephesians 5:17 says, therefore, don't be foolish. Instead, we need to walk and understand what the will of God is in our lives. Psalm 25, 4 says, show me the path where I should walk Oh Lord, point me in the right road that I need to follow. God, help me to walk. Help me to understand to the change that you're calling me to over my life. Psalm 143.10 says, Teach me to do your will for you are my God. May, you, may your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. I like that. Out of God's grace. It's not that God's like this, but instead of in his grace, he leads us towards good things. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. When we say, God, whatever you'd have for me, God, he will establish our steps. Proverbs 16, 3, finally, it says, Commit your work to the Lord. What's the declaration over your life? Your plans will succeed. I see this courageous change that Elisha takes a full gear change when when God comes and speaks to his life. When God says, okay, the mantle is on you for this new season over your life. And God, God, uh, as he puts that upon Elisha, we see Elisha respond in courageous change. How do you in your life respond in 2017? How do you say, okay, God, I'm gonna be open to wherever you call me to go, whatever you'd call me to do few things. Number one is we have to be faithful. Notice here that Elisha is not just got his feet up and saying, okay, you know, God, are you gonna use me in great ways? I'll just, I'll wait here until you do, God. I'll just sit here until you show up and and you promote me, God. I'll, I'll just sit here and wait until, no. He was faithfully working with what God had given him. He's faithfully just pushing forward. He put himself in a position where he said, okay, I'll just be faithful. I'll go out there and I'll plow this morning. I'll do the hard work. I'll do what's in front of me today. See, I find God often comes and speaks to people who are busy just being faithful with what he's given them. So many times there's people saying, you know what, I'd like like a promotion. I'd like God to just, you know, put me into a great position, but you're not, being faithful with what he's put into your hands today. You know, it's hard to steer a parked car. And sometimes God's calling us to say, okay, just be faithful today and then you'll see. I'm sure that morning as as Elisha got up that morning, he didn't say, oh, this is the day that, you know, I'm gonna become the successor to the great prophet Elijah. This is the day that, that God's gonna come. No, he was just... Getting the horses ready, getting the or pardon me, getting the oxen ready, getting the plows ready, getting ready with what God had called him to do. Are you faithful with where God's planted you today? Are you faithfully living out what God's called you to today? 1 Corinthians 7:17 7, says this, and so don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey. And love God right where you are. There's something about saying, God, help me to be faithful today right where I am. God, this might not be the job that I want forever. This might not be the house that I want forever. This might not be the whatever I want ministry position I want forever. Whatever it is, God, help me to be faithful today. Get out and plow where you've called me to plow, to go for it. About a year and change ago, I was preaching at this men's retreat weekend and, um, It was actually, it was two years ago this week, this coming weekend because it was Super Bowl weekend. I remember and it was it was this men's retreat weekend and there was this guy that he was the assistant pastor at the church and and sometimes assistant pastors you know they get all the stuff that nobody else wants to do you know and uh, here he was he was serving and it was in this smaller community and and he was making probably not a whole lot of money and just being faithful and and so part of his job to make ends meet was he was also the custodian at the church and he was also you know the groundskeeper at the church and so uh, it was the men's retreat weekend and it was this big snowfall and he was out there having to like shovel all the, the, the yard and, and get the little snow blower out and, and there was a bunch of people came to the retreat it was all full of people and, and some of the pastor guys were giving him a hard time like oh you know look at you having to do all the lowly kind of work then the toilets in the place got clogged up and he was in there with the wet dry vac and it was nasty and everyone was kind of giving him a hard time you know oh look at you and I remember seeing this and I thought, oh, this isn't right. And so I went in, I was helping him in there and I was in there with the wet dry vac and he's like, as he's talking to me, he said, you know, Jay, I just, sometimes I'm just slugging it out. I don't know if anyone ever sees or anyone ever, you know, I'm just, he said, it's tough slugging sometimes. And I said to him, just be faithful and just keep plowing basically is what I said. And God sees and God's the one who promotes when you're just faithful and you just live this out, kind of neat is now, a year later, he's become a senior pastor and God's using him in incredible ways at the same church. And I just think he's the all-star of all-stars. But it's when you're faithful And when you just live it out, when no one's watching, when you're just getting ready in the morning and you say, okay, I'm just going to go about the business. See, he could have said, he's got 12 pairs of oxen. He's kind of the big boss man. He could have said, you guys do all the work and I'll just watch from the sidelines. But he got in there and he was faithful to be about what he was supposed to be about. Be faithful in your life, number one. Number two is be open. I think this is kind of a, this story is this, this one that, that, that amazes me. Here's this guy who had it all seemingly together. It's after the drought. Finally now is this moment when we can, you know, see crops come forward. Finally now, I've, I've held these oxen for these three long years. It's been difficult to do so. Now's the time. He's like, whoa. Do you remember later Jesus, he called a bunch of fishermen to leave the biggest catch of fish they ever saw are you open to where God would want to bring change in your life? Are you open uh, to to a change of everything that he was used to, a change of address, a change of everything that he was trained for thus far, a change to a new level of dependence on the provision of God? He had to be open to say, okay, God, whatever you'd want to bring. And I want to tell you over your life, just maybe if you're open, God will bring something so unique and so amazing that you'd hardly believe it if someone told you today. I think of Matt and Erica had now just like totally open to say, okay, God, where are you calling me? I'm going to be a business guy in North Africa bringing Jesus to people. Whoa. Are you open to what God would want to bring in your life? Harold Wilson says, he who rejects change is the architect of decay. The only human institution which rejects progress is the cemetery. Be open to change in your life. Be faithful. Be open to change. And then number three is go all in. I see from Elisha's life. He doesn't kind of say, okay, let me try this out for a couple months and I'll give it a whirl. I'll see how it goes. And then if it doesn't work out, I'll go back to what I know. No. No. He goes all in. And I challenge over your life, we live in a world that's shy on commitment. Okay, God, I'll serve you. If it, if it all works out and it's easy, God, I'll, 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 I'll commit to just you know, following what you'd have it as long as nobody offends me in the church or as long as you know, my position is secure or as long as it, it turns out the way that I want all the time. And then we have a plan B if it doesn't. God, I'll commit to this church if everything's exactly as up. And the, But I still got a plan B just in case. I got a few other pots on the stove. But no, when you commit and say, God, I'm all in. God, I'm, go- I- I'm going all in. I'm-, I'm giving it everything that you would want me to give. We used to have men's poker night here at community. And... Um, I remember CJ Ketty, he was here and he used to, like all the time on one of the first hands, he'd always go all in <laughs> and he would scare everybody off and everyone would fold because nobody else was willing to like, you know, do that like courageous move and, and he'd oftentimes win because he just, you know, he was willing to just kind of. Now I wonder in your life, is there areas of your life that you're kind of half in and half out? when it comes to the things of God. Listen to what Elisha did. He slaughtered the oxen and said, okay, we're having a big barbecue, everybody. I'm making this a public declaration that I'm all in. There's no going back. Be faithful, be open, go all in, and then finally walk humbly. I think this is the most neat part of the story. Is that here's Elisha who was in charge of many. He he clearly had at least eleven employees, probably a whole lot more under him, and yet Elisha as as the leader, as the boss, it says that he went to be Elijah's attendant. See, sometimes God will test your ability to walk in humility. A lot of people only want to serve God in an advisory capacity. But when God calls them to say, okay, I'm called to serve. What does it look like over your life? When God calls you to say, you know what? I'm calling you to follow. I'm calling you to serve. It's interesting here. Elisha, it says he followed Elijah. He didn't even ask where he was going. He just followed. And an ability to say, okay, God, oh, whatever you have over my life, God, I'm just gonna follow. I'm gonna follow. God has a lot of people that want to be the superstars. But there's not a whole lot of people just willing to say, okay, God, you're calling me. I'm gonna start by serving. I'm gonna walk humbly before those around. See, the world says that if you're going to change gears, always change gears to have a position where more people serve you. You know, get yourself into a position where it's like where you work your way up so that it's more people. But God's ways are so different. God's economy of things is how can you serve more people? What's God calling you to? What's the change that God would call you to, the the courageous change? Are are you First of all, are you being faithful and saying, okay, God, whatever you have for me, God, I'm just gonna be faithful. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna gonna plow where you called me to plow this week, God. Are you open and said, okay, God, whatever you'd call over my life, I just wanna be open to, to new things. Maybe God wants to bring you in a new way that you've never experienced before. Or maybe God's calling you to go all in this year. To say, okay, I, too long. I've had one foot in, one foot out, but God, I'm, I'm going in. And then ultimately to say, okay, God, help me to walk humbly in what you would have for my life. Can we just pray this morning? Mighty God. Lord, we say thank you, Lord, that um, you call us. Lord, for great things. Lord, help us to walk that out with the humility over our lives. Lord, with an openness over our lives. Lord, with a faithfulness over our lives to what you've called for us. Just with heads bowed this morning, eyes closed, if you're in this place and you say, yeah, Jay, I got some courageous change that I need to be making this year. Maybe you've been kind of stuck in a spot and God's calling you to say, okay, okay, just with heads bowed and eyes closed, just kind of look up and say, yeah, would you be praying for me this year, Jay? Yeah. Lots of us in the house. God, you see these ones? God, this morning, we just, we ask God that we would be open when you call for whatever you've called us to. Lord, we pray. Hmm. Just, um, Before we kind of move on this morning. I'm just going to call it come. So, this morning we're talking about change. We're talking about um, God leading us and God guiding us to be open to whatever God's called us to do. And said that there'd be a special announcement this morning for those of you who got that email. Can't emphasize my love, our love of community church enough. I think back it was 12 years ago, we started with just a handful of uh, people in our living room. And what a journey it's been. What a crazy journey it's been. Lots of fun. I love Waterdown. I love the church. I love our lead team, our staff team. My family loves community as well. The church is growing. Lots of young families. People seeking God in passionate ways. Everything is good. Literally, everything is just good. kind of an exciting time as we look forward and there's new things on the horizon that can be so great. See, it sometimes happens when things are going great and comfortable that God actually, it hit me as Pastor Carlo shared his moment of transition with us a few weeks ago. And he repeated back the words I spoke to him. And I said to Carlo, I said, you know, the world's economy would say, you know, when everything is going great and awesome, that's that's when you need to stay. And when everything's not going so great, that's when you need to go. And God's economy is oftentimes reverse of that. Around Christmas time, our district superintendent came to us um, with a new position of regional director to the north Essentially, the job is giving oversight and leadership to some 75 or so churches across the north, and also to be in charge of church planting across western Ontario. For lack of a better term, maybe like a bishop or an overseer, for some of you might understand that term a little easier. This wasn't on my radar, and it came really as a surprise. Time's gone by over the years. We've had different offers, different things. And, and we've always taken time to pray about it. We've always said, okay, God, let's seek your face. And but it really hasn't been very difficult to say no. Like the other offers, we committed to seek God's will and plan for our family. Over our family holidays, we committed to pray about this and way where God was leading us. Over this time, I felt like God confirmed. It's His church, not ours. And like Elisha who felt like there was a mantle put on him. I feel like God's put over us. A new mantle. We love community with all of our hearts. So today this is kind of ripping our hearts out. But we ultimately believe that God's in this and he's calling us. And we believe, you know, as Pastor Lori said, you know, the safest place and the best place to be is in the will of God for this church and for us. you can be assured no one cares more about the success and the future of this place than Carla and I do, no one. And so over the next months and weeks, years, you won't truly fully get rid of us. (laughs) (laughs) We're asking that you would pray for us, for our family. So with that, we uh, we say thank you for allowing us to serve you. We say thank you for allowing us to pastor you. And honestly, it's been the greatest journey ever. We love you so much. As I look out, it just absolutely rips my heart out because I know most of your stories and I know your journeys and we love you guys so much. But there's moments you got to go all in and say, okay, God, what do you have for us? So, thank you. I'm going to have Pastor Lori come now. And the call, just like that of Elisha, is a call for me to come and serve. And um can't think of a better boss to work for. This is kind of new ground for me. I've never worked for anyone before. <laughs> and um, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't feel that this was what God was truly calling us to. And I'll go into later, I'll tell you the story of all the different confirmations along the way. This isn't the moment right now, but we just want to say thank you.
2: Certainly, uh, we had a decision to make as a district. And as a district superintendent, I had to wait on God for who I felt the Lord would have to help us in pastoring uh, the 327 churches in our district, and uh, I had to choose a young leader, someone that I felt would be very involved in the position of mentoring pastors and pastors and their wives, and, but also, folks, I had to make a choice believing that the couple I would choose would have ongoing influence in the next many years over the fellowship of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. Uh, This is a generation replacing all of us old guys. And I had to make a choice. I had one couple at the top of my list and I went to that one couple and went nowhere else until they said no. And that couple were you. I came to you, I talked to you, and messed up your life. (laughs) But I felt in my heart as district superintendent, this was the couple. I felt that for so many reasons. 1986, Debbie and I planted a church. 12 years later, Jack Ozark resigned as uh, regional director because he retired. And my superintendent came and asked Debbie and I at 42 to come and be a regional director. Interesting. Interesting. So I know how hard this is today. And the one verse God gave me in 1998 was he said, I want you to go and serve the prophet. And you read that scripture today. It was the craziest thing. And I know we can't say all of those little things necessarily validated, but it's just amazing for me to stand here today and know how difficult it must be to say well, you said this morning because you love this place. I always love new life. And, and so we will walk with this church hand in hand in this transition. As a district uh, superintendent, I commit myself to the lead team here. We will walk with you. Uh, we will stand with you. And, and Jason is now uh, going to become a district leader with us. And so he is not going to forsake this church in being able to be available as a leader to make sure that you have whatever it takes to make the transition gonna mean. But you know what? I pray for you as a congregation. Uh, I feel like public enemy number one, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I had to do as a, as a district leader what I had to do. We have to have the best young pastor leaders to take over this fellowship or we will not have the Pentecostal Summits of Canada in the next 20 years. And I say this humbly today because I cannot predict what God will do. But God will use this couple. And it is men like this that we need at the top of our list as a lead team leading this fellowship into the future. And you cannot tell me that's not true. We have to have that. And so that's what's happening. So would you pray with me? And uh, we pray together. Lord, we pray that you would guide and direct us in these decisions. Lord, may people know today, before you this morning, this is not political. This is endeavoring to find the will of God for our lives and our ministries. Thank you, Lord, for Jason and Carla and how they poured into this congregation. And Lord, we believe just in how all of this has unfolded that it is the will of God for Pastor Jason and Pastor Carla to give their hearts and lives now to blessing young pastors and their wives and their churches and helping us as a fellowship to move forward together into our future. But I also believe, Lord, that then it is the will of God for this church and for what the change will bring as you lead someone to come And take this church into the future. I pray, God, that we would do it in obedience to you. And we would walk together, all of us, into what this will mean in the next few weeks. And how this will all unfold. Lord, we just want your will. We just want your plan. Lord, you said that the church is the bride. And you said that Christ is the groom. And you said that this is your church. And you said you would build your church. And so, Lord, we pray that we would always know that you are in charge. And we just want to be obedient to your will. And we thank you now in thy precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And I am here today. (laughs) I was afraid to say this. And if you want to talk to me about anything. feel free to do that. <laughs> God bless you.
1: Thanks, Pastor Laurie. Um, yeah. Gerald's on, been on our lead team for a bunch of years at Community. So,
0: that's. Uh, I just want to say a little bit to Jason and Carla, but also to the congregation as well, uh, with the change that's happening here. Um, so we had our lead team meeting, and, um, and one of the things we always pray before we have the lead team meeting, and, uh, and I shared how last Sunday I uh, received a New Testament from my grandfather, who I'm named after, and uh, very emotional for me, and uh, that I got that. And the New Testament he received was a New Testament before they immigrated to Canada, and I believe it came from their church, and it was in English and it was in Dutch. And, and there's importance in that in English and Dutch. so. I'll come back to that. So when they immigrated, they immigrated, and they had a container for all their stuff about the size of the stage here. Have your New Testament, you have your family, you have the container, and you're going to an unknown. But they did know it was good. And they had a dream here, and they did go to Canada, and they knew it was going to be good. There's fear, and and I have to say, with this change, um, I've experienced anger. Lori, you're right, I'm not happy. <laughs> but, uh, because when we came here, I knew we had something special. Uh, we came, we were just gonna check this place out and just see what it was like. We never left because you guys are exceptional, like extremely exceptional. So the loss, we're gonna feel loss. We're gonna feel grief, we're gonna feel those things, we're gonna feel anger. But also, I wanna think, and I still have to get myself past this point too, I gotta to think about my grandfather. He had the Dutch from the past, and he had the English for the future. And it was both. And that New Testament is well-worn, and it was well-used. And, and we're gonna go through some tough times. We're all gonna to have to participate. And God, there's a reason for this. I don't know what it is yet, and I'm questioning it a heck of a lot right now. I have to admit it, a lot. And, um, and uh, but also, I, I just, we just want to say goodbye. Um, it's going to be a transition here, and we just love you guys with all of our hearts, always will. And, um, and let's stick together. Let's stick together as we go through this. And, and I don't know if there's a time designated for this, but maybe, you know, is there a time designated that we're going to pray for you guys before you leave? But Before we leave, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, before for today, but I'm going to ask to, that we do something here. So when we pray... <coughs> We'll put our hands on Jason and Carla, but you put the hands in front of each each and every one in front of you, and that's going to come all the way up here. (laughs) And we'll pray for them. So let's do that. just put your hands on the shoulder in front of you, and we just want to just have that come right to the front of the church here. So Father in heaven, we we come to you today, and um, this is a a tough time for us. Um, It's going to be a time of sorrow. Um some, some grief. Also, Lord, we don't know what the future holds for us right now. And but we just want to pray a blessing on, on Jason and Carla as, as they move forward um, into a different segment of their life. And and also, too, Lord, we just want to pray for community church and, and for the vision for this church and, and for what is doing what's happening in the community for this church. We want to pray for this person that you've already chosen to bring here to lead us and that we could continue to be a blessing to the people around us, that we continue to stay true to the vision. And Lord, we just want to thank Thank you, too. We want to thank you for everything that you've given us, for the, for the excitement that we could have to come here every Sunday, for the lives that have been changed, and we just want to pray for the continuation of that. In your son Jesus' name we pray, we love.
2: Amen. Just want to mention, as has been shared, that uh, they will be here for a few weeks, obviously. There will be a time period when they will be farewelling. There will be a Sunday where there will be a farewell Sunday to celebrate their ministry district. I'll be here that Sunday to pray with them. And so there's all those things that are going to transpire. You're not leaving tomorrow, but you'll be leaving in a few weeks. And we'll work out all that with the lead team. And I will be back. And the reason I didn't pray today is because we will do that. We'll come back on a Sunday when they're farewelling. We'll be praying with them. So all of those things are going to unfold. But the first step was to make the announcement. So God bless you. So folks, we love
1: you. Care about you. But we wouldn't be good pastors if we didn't follow what God's calling us to do. And um, so we walk in that. Just as you go this morning, breakfast will be served and everything. We're going to ask. I know it's almost an impossible ask. But uh, as this next service comes in, um, uh, I just want to honor them as well. So if we can kind of not disclose kind of the announcement, just it'll help them too uh, as they have the morning session. So we just appreciate uh, that. Thanks for being with us. Be praying for community. Be praying for us um, over these next few weeks. And God's got great plans in store beyond what we can ask, imagine, or dream. You know, Elisha, in this story, what I didn't say, when he followed what God had for him, you know, there was more miracles recorded through Elisha's life than anyone else in Scripture next to Jesus through a guy that was just obedient. And likewise, when you follow what God has for you, oh, it's beyond what you can ask, imagine, or dream. Thanks for being with us. Go in the grace and strength Amen.
0: Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with Everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.